Here we are. Back in power attack. Having trouble with my lid here. Tim's coffee not that great. No, it's not. McDonald's is better. Yeah, I don't really care. I don't uh, either, but like it's just the same thing every day. Yeah. It's like whatever. It's a habit. Yeah. Um, real quick, in season program and meal plan program, they're there if you'd like them. Uh, I think they're useful. Oh, you know what I did? I don't know if I told you. On Sunday night, I did a, I did a live stream on the old TikTok. Yeah. Did I tell you I did that? You told me you did a live stream or something. It went really well. It was yeah. good. A lot of people joined and I hung out That's after. Great. I did like a little nutrition talk and then for like 40 minutes after, I just went through answering questions for the kids yeah. and it was good. They really liked it. So I'm also going to start questions doing that. done typing? Yeah, they or, like type it in a chat. So no one else is on video? No. You can't. I would do that, but you can't trust people. Like, I don't know who's going to no, come on course, the camera and be yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Um, I just go through and answer the questions that are there, and there was yeah. a lot, and it was good, and they liked it. So, I'm going to start doing that every Sunday as well. So good. it's like I'm going to go on for like an hour at like 7:30 on Sundays, and nice. you guys can just we can just shoot the shit because I asked them if they like the presentation or the Q and A thing, and they all like the Q and A thing. Which is cool because then it's like I'm talking right to them, yeah, and stuff. So, so was it, uh, uh, that was just nutrition. It, the presentation part was just nutrition, and then the questions was kind of whatever training, okay, nutrition, anything. So um, you do them kind of both. Yeah, it was both, and then it was cool because I got to show them actually what the program looks like, the yeah. in-season program, yeah, and, the, and one of the meal plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can actually see what it is that I, I'm going to get. Yeah. Give you because it's hard to tell when you go to buy something and you just sign up I online, know. whatever. You don't know if it's garbage or I've like been what fooled. it is. Yeah. So everyone, I think, has. So you get, yeah. you get like, I don't know, maybe don't get it when maybe you should or yeah. vice versa, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so that's on Sundays too, if you guys want to do that. Um, and that's all. I want to start with, uh, I got an email from a scout. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you're telling me this the other day. It's good. Yeah, so I want to read what he said. Uh, so this is a junior scout. He reached out because he saw the last podcast where we were talking about the elite prospects thing. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to just say what he said, because he made a good point that, um, not that we disagree with, but we didn't really focus on that part of the point. So when we were talking about elite prospects, hockey DB, Instat, like these other tracking sites, we kind of said they're not that important. Like the information doesn't matter too much. So, um, don't really get like all caught up in making sure everything's right or up to date or whatever just yeah. like play hockey and when people come see you yeah but we did say like scouts will reference it they go they do check it and yeah. they'll look at it if they need like a first glance at who you are and whatever so uh the scout that reached out he's a junior scout and he said basically the same thing that we said he's like yeah it's not the most important thing obviously we're gonna come watch you to get the feel for what kind of player you actually are but we will look at it to start, or at least he will. It's like, I will go check it just to confirm a few things about you, like height, weight, where you drafted, what teams did you play on in the past, those types of just quick information things to get down. So he said, I think it is actually useful to make sure that it's up. It's at least up to date. Like if you're going to have one, at least make sure it's up to date. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense. Like it's, it's a valid point. Something I thought of with even your social media accounts. Like, make sure if you're going to have one, you might as well make sure that it's up to date and representative yeah. of who you are. I would, I would agree. So th sure. that was just like a, a secondary point to what kind of what we said okay. uh, before. So I, t I told him that I would, I would uh, mention that on the, 
on this episode because I, we didn't really make that point. We were kind of making the it's not that necessary yeah. for anything kind of yeah. point, so not to get caught up on it. Um, so that's all I had. No, I, I like I like that that that, that that guy gave some feedback because uh, and we welcome stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to argue to death about stuff. Like, I still don't think it's the most important thing in the world. But the yeah. fact that he gave a reason why they actually use it, and it's not the end all be all, but he he finds like, okay, so if you're listed at six three and they watch it and you're five eleven, that's not good, mm-hmm. uh, or vice versa. So yeah. keep it up to date. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Good enough. I but the elite prospects, you don't do your own, do you? You can, I guess you can. Oh. I never tried to do it. I guess you can get access oh. to it to update it. Oh. Um. Because he was saying in his email to me, he wrote me like a nice long one of how yeah. exactly they use it. And he said when guys come to their camp, he'll get pictures of them taken while they're playing. So they have a good picture for the right. profile. And he makes sure that their all their information is up to date. Yep. And fair that's enough. fair enough. Like it's not going to hurt you to have it up to date. Yeah. Um, but still, he did. He was in agreement. Like it shouldn't be something that you're yeah. that concerned about. But you just yeah. want it to actually be representative of who you are if you're going to have a profile anyways so you might, it's not going to hurt you to keep it up to date and yeah. maybe it helps somebody if they're actually going to reference it like this guy does or yeah. i'm sure if he does that means there's a bunch of other scouts that i'm sure yeah. will reference it yeah makes um, sense whatever so i like it i appreciate that yep yep for appreciate sure. someone telling so, us that we're not 100 percent right yeah or even just a, a, a different perspective a different, on it different like, I, it's not that we i disagree it's just his it's he's focusing on a different side of the point yep. that's worth mentioning for some of the kids yep. so, so that's like cool it. so yeah uh yep. anytime just on that note anytime we say things that someone has a legit actual perspective like i'm not gonna say i don't necessarily care about other people's opinions that don't matter but if you're if you're somebody that's in the industry and actually has some experience using something and you have yep. a different perspective on something we're talking yep. about like Love that. Right in anytime you want. Yeah. So that's what I got. Yeah. You I go. Don't, I don't have anything this week. No, I got a couple of things. Uh, well, so I had a good, good, good surprise this morning. Just before you came in, you saw Harry. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my old students, very young, stopped in to see me. He's now a cop now. So it was, just, it was nice to see him. I, he stops in, I guess, quite often, but I'm not here a lot of the times when he stops in. Anyways, Harry was uh, uh, captain of the Spitz. And what I, what I was thinking before I was going to say this about him, is we were just talking about, we didn't talk a lot about hockey, a little bit, but uh, he reminded me that, so he was a captain of the Spitfires, Windsor Spitfires, when they won two Memorial Cups. Yeah, the Taylor Hall team. Yeah, so he was a second-round pick to uh, Guelph or London, I forget. Guelph. I think Guelph. I yeah. don't know. Guelph. Yeah. Second round, uh, anyways, in, in the OHL. But before that, uh, he never made a AAA team. Really? Till Bantam. Wow. His dad said, he's a big boy, but so his dad and Bantam said, well, screw this. I'm coaching a team. And his dad's not one of these fluffy guys, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just like Harry. So Harry's like 6'4", big frozen turkeys for, for hands, <laughs> never smiles, uh, ended up being the captain. But so, yeah, so for people that think that you have to make it at a certain time and all that stuff, he didn't play AAA until he was Bantam. So he played two years of AAA before he was drafted. And uh, now, having said that, he wasn't drafted because he was all skill and stuff. Like we used to do some stuff and I'm like, man, why can't you pack a pass? But I was too heavy, like all these different things. And like the, he was no skill in McGill, yeah. but he was a hard ass player. Yeah. So then he was drafted to New Jersey and uh, played in the minors. So I was just telling him today, we are mentioning, he was asking about Charlie. I said, oh, you would have played with one of his coaches. So Chad Wiseman, who is Charlie's head coach now, played with uh, Harold in, um, in Albany. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Small That's, world, man. Hockey's I know, a small I world. Hockey's a small world. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, it was really good to see him. But this guy was tough. Nails. So he's got the big handlebar mustache yeah. now. The Movember thing that people buy into yeah. quite a bit. And he is a mean guy. I don't know <laughs> if any, if you guys don't remember watching, for people in Ontario at least that listen, if you watch the OHL at all or the CHL Memorial Cup back 20, what would that been? 2011, 2010? Nope, 2008, 2009. Oh eight oh nine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That long, eh? Yeah. Anyways, if you remember, that was the dream team, man. That those guys are unbelievable. Taylor Hall. Yeah. Adam Henry. Yeah. Mitchie played on that team. Mitchie, yeah. Um, but man, this guy was tough, and it just we were talking about this yesterday too about the OHL, like how the game just over years the game changes, like the focus of how the game is played is is just different. And for me, that was my favorite era for junior hockey was right around let's say 2008 to 2014 somewhere in there yeah. 2015 because that was when it was skill they started to back off some of the overdone tough stuff but it was still you had the richard green up Cass was out there f- flying around harold harold like just that were the big tough yeah mean where they weren't necessarily the best players but they were there to do a job and then you'd have the guys that were secondary like the uh henrique was my favorite he was my favorite guy to watch in junior because he could score played good defensively he would fight yeah. and it was just a little bit more toughness than you see now and that was oh, my favorite to, that was yeah. my favorite to to watch you go to see a yeah. game and there's it doesn't matter what the game is there's two three fights and goals left and right high skill high toughness it was awesome so another weird story or yeah. an interesting story or maybe it's not who cares yeah. <laughs> with uh, when charlie was born i got all kinds of gifts from guys sent down right so harry harold young uncle harry uh was playing for the guelph storm at the time charlie's team right so uh a couple days after he was born in the mail was a guelph storm onesie yeah isn't it funny they got so he got drafted yeah 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 and 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 so he always thought harold was i said uh he always thought harry was his cousin for some reason but he was a little guy yeah so (laughs) we always so now we call him uncle harold yeah 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 that's awesome, Great. man. What, what a beauty, though. Well, that, nice. man, that's why it speaks to this, the relationship part of things, man. Actually taking care of your guys. And um, you've saw, talked about that before. Where it's when, in 10 years, whatever, when they look back and talk about you, what do they say Yeah. as your coach and that kind of stuff? And it's yeah. nice. You get that all the time, man. The guys pop in to, to shoot the shit for a bit that you haven't seen in a while and, and all that. You had Mr. Mr. Dons was in yesterday to talk yeah. to. Same kind of thing. So it's, it's cool to see, man. It's good. Yeah. So, so speaking, like, it's weird how we segue, man. It's weird. Sometimes all that, it just all that works. stuff that we just said yeah. is going to work into what we're just talking works. about today. Yeah. And we don't plan it, honestly, guys. I know. It's amazing. Um, so I, I, I want to talk about what first thing is when when do you step in as a parent? Because I've had uh, quite a few parents call me with issues. A lot of the times when parents call me with issues, they're, they're not issues. But mm-hmm. sometimes they are. So it's like there's a time and a place where a parent should step in. And the, and the on the side flip side of that is um, is I want to talk, talk to the coaches about certain things about that, too. So, um, like, this is common. So, I, I mean, I could pick which one happened this week or last week or the month month before. Uh, this is the scenario, okay? So, one of the parents called me the other day, uh, concerned for their son, right? Just concerned for their son. So, I, I initially my my um, my radar goes up. Okay, like, what's the issue here? But so, in this issue is, she was, the, the the mom was really really good about. It. She said, like, listen, I know where my son stands but he is playing for at least AAA. And 
he's getting like very minimal ice time in AAA. And he played, you know, whatever. He's, it, a lot of issues come in with that. So she said, I'm trying to deal with it to the point where I think I need to talk to the coach because my son's confidence is like shot. And like, what, how would you approach it? What would I, what would you do? Um, and, and, they, and when, when, they, when the son did talk to the coach a little bit, it was like, they gave him the generic work hard or whatever. So, okay, fine. So we had, we had the conversation. I said, look, look, it's, it's, I'm going to be honest with you. When, when I hear that a player in youth hockey is getting minimal shifts, like we're talking two to three a period, and they don't get a chance to develop, that actually bothers me. And so some people could say, well, it's hockey. Well, yeah, it is, but it's not. What, what we have to remember as um, – well, I'll go to that in a minute. So it was like, how do I approach this? I feel like I need to talk to the coach and all that stuff. And I'm like, Abs- absolutely. That's what I said, absolutely. So I, I, there's, there's really in youth hockey, like with people – there's there's people that put a spin on this like it's the most serious thing in the world and it's fair is fair. You play your best players and all that stuff. And so sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. But at the end of the day, when it's happening to your kid, it's not. It's no fun. So what I was telling her was, yeah, you need to talk to the coach and you need to. It's not about the ice time. It's about it. It is. It is. But it's you're not talking about just the ice time. It's about giving a fair chance. Like why? Like I don't understand in a youth hockey youth hockey why you would keep someone if you're not playing them because like the the issue is and what i told her is, is we all play we're all paying the same money when you play youth hockey so you don't get to get benched unless it's a disciplinary thing right so anyways i, I said for sure you talk and let me talk to your son about you know what he can do so what i what i did with him the other night is i i um i sat him down and i said okay here's the issues and i said there's a couple things we can do one is we can uh we can bitch about it and not do anything about it and just suck our thumb and all that stuff. And I, I understand. I said, because I, when I played hockey, I've never, I was never the guy that got, I never missed a shift. In fact, I would get extra right in youth hockey. It was just nothing to complain about. And when I got to junior, my first year, like any junior player, you start missing shifts or periods or whatever, because you're four years younger, five years younger, and you're not good enough or you're not good enough to be trusted all the time. Until you have that happen to you, you have no idea what that does to you. So when you're when you're 16 years old, or let's say junior, like OHL, CHL, college, pro, when you lose ice time, it's acceptable because now it's you're playing for keeps. Coach has a job. You have a job to do. You might have a scholar. You're, you're going to have a, your school paid for. Like even if you don't get paid for it, you're, there's consequences and there's there's um, you're getting some benefit out of playing that league. You're getting scouted to the NHL, maybe. You're getting your school paid for. So sitting there is now a choice. If you want to do it or not, you have to work yourself out. But when it comes to youth hockey, wow. Like, mm-hmm. we're all paying the same money. So I think, yeah, so my point with this is, like, when does a parent actually step in? Mm-hmm. Now, if, if it's like you're missing one shift or you're getting, you know, like there's little things that people don't, have any right to complain about because sometimes stuff happens. But when your son, you have to basically uh, what I'm saying here is when you, when you have a child, there's a point where you actually have to protect them because if they are getting, if your son is in a situation at this point where they're 
they're actually as as much as I don't like to say someone's taking your confidence because I don't totally believe in that. But in this situation, someone's actually taking your confidence mm. or if someone was being more abusive and I'm not just saying, Hey, toughen up. Like that's not abusive. But when, when someone gets on you in a, in a real negative way, then you do have to approach your coach and take care of your son. So it's like protecting them from, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe it's a not mental abuse, but it's like, like damage, damage. Them. Hockey's supposed to be fun. Right. At this level. So you, you can interrupt me and probably straighten me out. Yeah. So two, two things. First, the the important first thing that we're kind of talking about is you need to know where the where's the line as the parent of my kid needs to figure out how to deal with a little bit of adversity versus my kid is kind of helpless here right right so right. we need to we need to find the line and you have to be as honest as possible as mom and dad which is hard because it's your kid and you don't want anything to bad, bad to happen and you don't like seeing their feelings hurt and all of that kind of stuff that surrounds this type of circumstance, but you have to be very honest about where the line is. So what was nice about this circumstance is you can tell by talking to the parents, the tone of the conversation. Yeah. So in talking with this parent, it was like you said, I, I know where my kid stands. I'm not saying he's the best player ever. I'm, I'm not saying he's getting drafted first round and someone is sabotaging his hockey, his career. hockey career. Yeah. It's the person. But, yeah. But it's like the kid should be getting a little bit more of a, of a chance or more of a bone than he's getting. And it might be because the kid is, is too passive or too aggressive or too fill in the blank with whatever the term is that applies to your kid. That is part of the reason for it because some kids can just, are just more assertive. Like they just are more willing to get in the battle and go take ice time and go do those things. And other kids aren't. And I remember being a, being young, that it was a common thing for me is I'm just nice. Like I'm just a nice boy. Yeah. Right. And that used to drive me nuts. And, by the time I was like grade nine into high school, I was so tired of that being something associated with me that I'm just nice and I'm a nice kid that I started to go and be overly aggressive and assert myself in ways that I hadn't before to get myself some opportunity. So you have to kind of juggle all these things as mom and dad and figure out, okay, when is it my kid? Is there something for my kid to do versus I need to step in and do something? Or a combination of both of those things. And yeah. most of the time, it's going to be a combination of both those mm -hmm. things. Or mom and dad can step in to help. And the kid needs to be doing the work. It's not just, I'm going to go complain to the coach because he got sat for a period because he had a tantrum on the ice. It's like, no, he actually deserved to sit that time. right? So it's about the yep. honesty thing yep. plays like a crucial, a crucial role in this. So I wanted to just circle on that first. And then second thing I'm going to give a little a little bit of pushback because you've made a point made a point in a past episode where you talked about how equal ice time isn't fair so we're talking about things fair, that, uh fair is not equal yeah so if if, I, if you give everyone on the team equal ice time that's yeah. not necessarily fair yeah right yeah, i'm not i'm not disputing that at right all. so i want because i get i understand like the distinction between those two things but maybe for people listening so for this kid for example he's not getting he's not getting equal ice time yeah Right. Um, but at the same time, you're saying, well, equalized time isn't necessarily fair always. So let's say as, right. a, as applied to this circumstance yeah. or just more generally, cool. how do you kind of square those two? Okay. So when I, go, when I talk about being fair, when we talk about being fair or having equal, equalized time does not mean fair because equalized time means 
in, if you use it, just the, the term equal means that you get one, I get one, you get one, right? Yeah. That's equal. That doesn't make it fair. Like it, on the onset, it does. It's like if we have three, everyone gets one, that's fair. Well, it doesn't really, that really doesn't add up because if every time you go on the ice, um, you're playing a good hard shift, you're giving it everything you've got. And so does this guy here. But when I go on the ice, I, I kind of dog it or I get a stupid penalty because I'm lazy or I have a shit attitude, like any of those yep. type of things, then th I shouldn't have the same ice time as you because I need to learn a lesson. True? Yep. Okay. The other, the other thing would be, so that would make it unfair to play us all three the exact same, right? Yep. What, what else would be unfair would be is that at some point your team should want to win. Like I don't, I'm never going to be a believer in like, cause we've all played on teams that, in, in youth and our, my son, you don't have a son. My son played and it was like, yeah, but we could win now. Like now we could win. Yeah. So like in the, in, a, in, in maybe it's a, an important power play. It's like, you don't just equal would be like, okay, next guy. And that, well, that's not fair. It's not fair for a couple of reasons. It's not fair because you've been busting your ass and you actually put, put points on the board and you're the better player with a better attitude than me. Mm -hmm. And for one or two shifts in a game or to win a tournament or whatever, it's not fair to you now that I get your ice. Right. So that's the distinction that I want to make about that. In this case, when, when a parent has a deep concern about their kids and they're, they're in, they're not in the mix for a regular shift, just on an, any, any given day, what are you doing? Yeah, so now you're protecting your kid because now it's not fair on a different level. It's like, okay, your dad paid a thousand. This guy's dad paid a thousand. I paid a thousand, but for some reason I don't get to play because the coach thinks that my thousand is not as good enough. No, I don't mean it that way. What I mean is, uh, you just because. Yeah, it's like the the, the opportunity isn't there now. No, there's right? zero, opportunity zero opportunity to get better. Right. It's just like no, you're gonna get two shifts of uh, a period. Well, that's that's not what we paid for, and it's not right at, at youth hockey. Yeah, yeah, at youth hockey. Right. So that that kid has to have an opportunity to get on the ice to play, and then in certain situations, or if he's not going, then you could take like I'm obviously I don't even have to explain this. I'm all for in youth hockey as well, that if, if you didn't, if you had a, a shift where you're really dogging it, I don't mind taking a shift away from you and giving it to someone else. That's, a, that's okay. In my opinion, yeah. that's okay. But to sit there and say, this person, this, this guy right here only gets two shifts a period because he's in a rotation or something. Wrong. Yep. Wrong. Like don't have that kid. Yeah. Because it's like, it, the reality is, is from a parent and I don't think the parents, um, probably didn't understand if, if they were told where this was happening, but if that, if they knew that they were going to get two shifts a game, I don't think that kid would be playing that team. He'd go play somewhere else mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Right. So it's not, it's not right. It's not right. So, uh, what, what else I want to say about that? So yeah, as a parent, this is where you do need to step in. You have to have a conversation, not, you don't have, you don't have to be all that confrontational, but you have to have an adult conversation and bring up these type of points. It's like, dude, it's like two, sh three shifts a period. Yeah, like he doesn't get to play, like he gets to play every f eight minutes. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and would you, and 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 teaching them what they're kind of doing to your to your son and the family. Yeah, and that, that's what that's you did that beautifully, because I want this. These are meant to be tools to help parents think about 
how to approach these types of problems. And that's why I wanted you to go into that, the equalized time, because you've made that comment before yeah. and you don't want all the parents to think, because I'm not, I'm assuming most parents won't think this, but you get the few that might where it's like, well, he should be playing as much as that kid. That's, gets all of our goals. And it's like, no, he's actually better. And in certain situations, if you have any desire at all to win, yeah. which is part of the deal when you're playing at that high level, then sometimes the better players should play in certain situations. Yeah. And if your kid's not one of those, then that's part of the deal. Like they're going to miss some, some opportunity yeah. because of circumstances like that, but they shouldn't be missing all the opportunity yeah. all the time, yeah. you know? And that's kind of where that distinction comes in between those two. So I just want, I wanted you to talk about that a little bit because you've said that before too, how the equal ice isn't fair. So that was a good. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't good. said that when you get to the higher levels, then you have, as a parent, you have no right. Like, I'm being honest with you. I have zero right. Uh, I got to be careful when I say this. Not careful because I'm going to get in trouble. I want to say it the right way. I have no right right now to ever coach, call my coach or Charlie's coach in the OHL and say he needs more ice. Like, I mean, I wouldn't do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Now we have an agent or something like that that could advocate for him or like talk. But at the end of the day, it's like, and we, it's about solving mm -hmm. problems now. Like we talk about all the time at a certain level. It's like, okay, if you want ice, it's all, it's 100% earned. And that's the level he plays at now. And what are you going to do to earn it? And it, might, it doesn't mean it's going to change in a day. Cause nothing's fair, right? Like you might at this level, you might think, well, he's playing better than this guy. Well, you're, you're just dad. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know anything. Yeah. You don't know what goes on in the room. You don't know uh, his body language. You don't know. You're always, and I, I, I told you this the other day. And you said this when you were watching kids, when I watch my kid play hockey now, when, when he played youth hockey, it was fun. I could watch because I know when he get on the ice, he'd go hammer someone, get the puck, make a play, score a goal, back check. Like, it was just, I didn't have to look for him. It was like, okay, there he is, good. Watch other kids play, right? But at the OHL level, especially his first year, I, I'm not, I'm being 100% honest. I know every most parents are like this. When I, I'm watching the game, but I'm like, the first year. Well, I'd be watching the game. I'd be looking at the bench because I think, oh, he might be coming up because it's, it's rare. Right? Like it's not a regular shift. So every time he got on, it was a Stanley Cup shift. Mm -hmm. So he'd watch that. He'd get, he'd jump on the ice and I go, Hey, hun, he's on the ice. Yeah, I know I saw it, Andy, <laughs> but I just want you to know, I don't want you to miss his 12 seconds of fame here. But, anyways, he'd get on the ice and I had the blinders on. I would watch my son. I watched the game a little bit, but it was about what he did that shift. Oh, he finished the check. Ah, he should have got that one out. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And at the end of the day, I would want to give him sometimes more credit than he deserved because I felt like it. And then other days I'd be maybe a little more like with my wife. I said, no, honey, he has if, in this situation at this point of his career, that puck that came off the wall that he bobbled, not allowed two years from now. Cause he's going to be on the ice 17 times a period. He can have a bobble because it's a, it's a numbers game, but right now that has to get out. So he doesn't deserve one more shift. He does. Maybe he does, but you have to be critical of the thing. Uh, where was I going with that? Yeah. So I, so as a, as a dad, that's what you do is you watch in a mom, you watch your kid and you, you, and if you don't have, I don't want to say logic, what's the word? If you don't have a, if you, if you can just see an objectively, then you're going to be able to say, okay, uh, I'm watching my kid and well, you can, you can't compare him to anyone else cause you're just watching your kid and you're so focused on your kid. You don't see half the stuff that's going on. So when a parent complains about ice time, and the ice time is like they watch the game that way, which most parents do. Then you do, actually don't have. You can't say my kid's better than that kid. You don't know. 
You're not. You're looking at all the little things, and and you're you're magnifying the good. So like with Charlie's first year of the OHL, when he'd throw a big hit or he'd get a puck out of his zone, like nice and clean, and it would lead to a play. Like we were like, I'm like, yes. Well, it's actually not yeah, that big part, of a part deal. Of the it's just, yeah, right. Yeah. It's just part of the game. Yeah. Or when he would bobble a puck on the on his zone and keep it in, and he couldn't get the puck out, and they were in there for, for another twenty seconds, it would be like magnified the other way yeah. so it's like he was either he was either amazing for not really being amazing yeah. and he was like total dog shit for not really being for just being normal right so when you're when you're looking at your kid that's the lens you, you got to kind of remove that lens and you can't you can't say i'm better than this guy he's better than that guy you actually can't say it yeah and I've, it's the hardest thing and i don't have kids so i can't even speak to how, it's even harder than i think it is because i don't actually have my own kid but when i go to watch the boys now like i was saying to you the other day I went to watch Sunday and to, for the whole first period, certain guys that I'm training, when they get on the ice, I literally only watch them. I don't watch the puck. I just watch them the whole time. So they could be D zone coverage as a left winger, nowhere near the play. And I'm just staring at them. Like, are they shoulder checking? Are they looking for their guy? Are they doing whatever? Like a scout would if they're looking at a specific player. But then what happens when you do that is you miss everything else that's going on. So the game that I was watching on Sunday, a bunch of our guys playing after the first period, I was like, man, like I'm not even seeing the game right now. You have no idea. I don't even know. It's like, I don't even know who on the other team is good. So I was kind of thinking of it from more of a scouting perspective rather than a parent where I was like, if I'm looking for good players right now, I'm not, I can't see them because I'm so focused on the one guy or the few guys that I train that are playing in this game. So the next period, I just like surface watched. I surface watched the game and I wanted to see who would just emerge as the good players. And I picked out two guys from the other team that were like, wow, those guys are pretty good. And I, the whole first period, I didn't see them once. Didn't see them at all. Yeah, you, because you I was can't. so hyper-focused on just what yeah. I was looking at. You know, yeah. So I can only imagine scaling that up when you're a parent. And especially if you don't have a lot of experience with hockey and you don't necessarily know or any sport. And you don't necessarily Dude, know what to look for. Don't even worry about experience. We've got a lot of experience in hockey. And... If I'm focused on watching my kid, which is it's inevitable, like it's very hard at this level to because you're because he's still young. Even if he's not young, I I think at this level you're looking you're you're watching right. It's only gonna last. Yeah. You realize that the 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 end of the road for hockey could be right there, yeah. like in three years, yeah. and it might go for another thirty years. But so everything is intensified, and as an experienced guy in hockey. I still have to, I have to take the blinders off. I have to. And I'm not saying I have the blinders on good or bad, but the blinders are on. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, but this is my point. You, as someone who is experienced, you still at least understand the game. So you have the ability to, when it's appropriate, separate yourself and say, okay, but after I get my, through my emotions about it, I can say that this, this, and this is actually what's going on. Whereas other parents don't have the tools to do that necessarily. They're just watching and like, well, he does the same thing he does and he's as good as him and, and whatever. And, but they're just watching that, not in the grand scheme of how the whole game is being played. Right. So you miss, you miss a lot. So that's just, that's a really good point. When you're thinking about addressing issues that your kid is having, you first have to be like, there's a, there's a progression to how there's a progression on how to address the problem. And the very, very early stages of that are, are you actually looking at what's going on properly? Yeah. That's, that's the honesty mirror. That's the honesty about. mirror, right? That's yeah. the first question as the player you ask. And that's the first question as mom and dad that you ask. Are you actually seeing what's going on the way that objectively someone would see it? 
if I came to your kid's game and just watched knowing nothing about anybody, would I know that? Would I be able to see the issue that you're seeing or not? You know, and that's kind of where you have to start from when you start to go to address these issues with, with your coach in whatever way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the line, anyways, it's kind of wrapping this little piece up yep. is, is there is, there is a, a point like as a parent where there are things that possibly could happen where you have to address the coach or the situation. And one of them would be like and with the people that over the few people that called over the last week or so, these are things that you definitely have to take care of your own son, like mm -hmm. take care of issues. Like, and you do it at home, but then you address the coach with like, like you realize like how, however you approach it, like in one of it is like, what can he do to be better? Mm -hmm. And you realize that, you know, he's getting two shifts and it's like, it's not great for the kid, but he's willing to work through it. So that's, that's actually important to let them know. Like the, the, I, I, here's the thing as a parent, when you do a confront a coach, you do have to understand that they're going to take it as an attack. Typically, most likely no one ever wants to be wrong or be accused of hurting a kid like physically, mentally, emotionally, no one wants to be accused of that. So it's going to be a lot of times, especially an insecure person is going to bite back. If you don't like it, leave or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So the way you approach, it's actually very important. So if you approach it, like, Hey, can we just talk for a couple minutes? Yep. Whatever phone in person, whatever. And then you explain the situation. Like he's just, so in this situation, let's just say Eric is really getting frustrated with the lack of ice time he's getting. Like, Obviously, I understand the situation. There's, uh, but he's he's getting like two shifts a period, so he's getting very frustrated like that. Can we talk to you? And then you go in there and you say like, "What can we do?" Like, I always go to that first. Fix your problem first, whatever you can first. So what this does is just address that. I understand there's an issue, but I'm willing to work with it. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens is, as a parent, you I put you on the spot. Now I'm gonna hear is there bullshit or are you gonna actually give me something? So if you have, you come back and you tell me, yeah, he's, he needs to work his, uh, his, uh, you got to work harder. He's got to ha have better footwork. Then I know that you're bullshitting. Okay. But even though you're bullshitting and say, okay, that's, that's cool. It's footwork. Okay. What exactly do you mean by that? Cause I'd like you to be very specific with me because my son gets two shifts a period and he would like to get four or more. Mm -hmm. So by you saying not, and not confrontational, but if you say, he needs to have better footwork. He needs to work harder. Say, okay, that's fine. But can you be very specific so that when he has something to work on, he can, he can at the end of the day say, okay, coach, I did that five times that shift or five times that game. Or after two weeks, you can say, yeah, your footwork or your hard work is a lot better. So be really specific. So then maybe he'll come up with more bullshit, but he's, he's, he, now he knows you're there and you haven't been a guy that's, you know, I'm going to bury you all that kind of stuff. Okay. We're going to do the work. So then the, the, the kid has to figure out what can I do to make myself better. So in, in situations that I have with kids is they'll come in and see me. And that's what I did with the, this boy the other day is I sat there and I said, okay, here's the issue. We went through all this kind of stuff that we did. I said, now let's, let's look at your game. I said, what are your, what are your assets? What do you think you're good at? So, you know, he says, I think I got a great shot. And I go, I think you have a phenomenal shot. Great shot. Good stuff. That's good, bud. What else? Um, I'm a good skater. I said, I think you're a, very good skater, but not elite, but you're a good skater and you got a big body. I said, what else? Are you physical? He goes, uh, I said, okay, maybe you need to be whatever. So we took four things like I always do. Yeah. Cause what are things that you control? So that's what I said to him. I said, Eric, what can we control? Can you control the, uh, uh, like, like the D zone? So I said, this is how we're going to take care of the D zone. Every time the puck is coming back to your zone, like through the neutral zone, whatever. I don't even care what the coach says. Cause I'll be right. 
Mm-hmm. You come back as hard as you can. If the guy's, if you're catching him, he's going towards that, seal him off there. But I want you to come back as hard as you can. I want you to stop at the, the hash marks on your side of right wing. Stop mm-hmm. right there. Now sort everything out. And then on the loose box, go as hard as you possibly can. Make mm-hmm. contact when you can. If you do that, that's number one. It's the only th- so I wrote it down. That's number one, defensively. Number two, um, what was number two for him? It was uh, on the four, four check. I said, so four check is going to be kind of a mixed bag here. Mm-hmm. Number two is because you're a big boy and you can skate and you have a good shot. I said, I want you every shift, not every shift, like in your four things, I want you to get to the blue paint at the net. Every drill that you do from now on, you're moving your feet as hard as you can you're on, on a backtracking drill or whatever. And then on the four check, every time you take a shot in a practice and uh, for the next several, well, for your life, but starting now, you shoot and you drive your feet as hard as you can to that blue paint. Get there every single time. Okay. I said, can you do that? He goes, yeah. I said, yeah, you can control that, man. Number three, every time you have a chance to have contact with somebody, I don't care if you're in the neutral zone, just bump somebody. Let them know you're there. If you're standing still, someone's by you. Just let them know you're there. Someone's skating by you. Just box them out. Yeah. Every time you get a chance to to have contact, hammer guys. Yep. Do it. I said, "Can you do that?" He goes, I "Said, can you?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, you can." That's a, these are things that are in your control. And I said, "You had a great shot." I said, "So every chance you get, shoot." So in practice, you shoot at all costs. You shoot, start shooting the puck, and then after you shoot, get to the net. I said, "Those are four things for you." Can you do them? Yeah. I said, okay. Now, you look at this sheet. You got four things. You can't always come back to your own end hard because you might not have a chance. So that's one, like, you might not get a shot on that because you might be in your D zone all game. But if out of these four things, you can do one or two of these things every shift, you've had a good game. You've improved your game. If you are skating hard and all that stuff, you know, you're coming back hard and you're, you're going to the net hard and stuff. Not only do you notice it, but you're going to, at the end of it, you're going to sit there after your shift and you say, did I do one, two, three, four? Oh yeah, I got one or two of them. Okay, good. You've had success and you did never were able to measure it before. So now you know you had some success, but guess who else is going to start to notice? Might not be the first shift or the third, but other people will start to notice probably including your coaches. So now you've given yourself a framework to do something good every single game. The kid left and he goes, okay, that's good. And then he was skating with me and I just honed in on a couple of things move your feet move your feet so then he was he was going eh? and i'm like that's if you if you are actually skating like that in the game i said there's no one will touch you no one will touch you you'll be a good hockey player and like there's a framework there so my point to that is parents if you can have someone and i, I unfortunately some people don't know or they don't have a resource like myself or it's hard to find or you don't know who it is so this is one of the things with this thing is like email us set up. If you're in this situation, email, email us. I'll do a video call with you to help you with that. Cause I don't actually have to know your name, your game inside out. I can give you that. But so that's an, a, a way to do it. So then after a couple of weeks, if you're seeing an improvement and maybe you're maybe uh, getting screwed or it's just the way it's going to be, yeah. then it's another way to address it. But at least this, you can have some success and you know it. And, and then you can always go back to the coach after a week or two. So, okay, you remember, you know, you remember how you said to work on my footwork? I'm working on it. Do you notice the difference? Mm-hmm. No. Really? Or yes. Okay. So, coach, now that I'm working on my footwork, what else? What else? What else? The guy's got to give, man. Yeah. The guy's got to give because I can guarantee you that 20 other guys aren't doing it. Yeah. And that's, I had, I'm going to do another example because we just did it with another guy the last night, one of the junior guys. And yep. it, it, being 
being specific is the most important thing to solving a problem because you have something you can actually do. Yeah. Right. Cause work hard means nothing. It's too general. It's it, you need something very specific to how you play and what the coach is looking for from you because every coach will have certain things that they would expect each player to do, you know, and you have to be, you have to be able to understand what parts of your game specifically need to be addressed. Yeah. So that's why having a, a little action plan like that, and that works at any level. And an action plan that you can actually actionate. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. Like, like it's not good enough. So you need to score more. That's yeah. it. Has to be those. Those are those are results of hard work and yeah. doing right, things right. It shouldn't be. We've I've, we've talked about this before too. It shouldn't be results based. It should be process based metrics. So you do the process of things right that will lead to good results don't make the goals good results you know what i mean the goal meaning what you want to accomplish so it shouldn't be goals shouldn't be assists it shouldn't necessarily be things that are on the stat sheet it can be but it doesn't need to be that and most of the time if it's points it shouldn't be that it should be something that's more specific to how you're playing your game from a process standpoint are you going to the right places are you moving your feet the right way are you doing the little things right all those common slogan things people say find specific things within those that work for you so for for the kid that we're talking about that's perfect we had another guy last night he's at the junior level now where to your point earlier now it's you can get scratched you cannot play you might not get any ice and it's more reasonable at that level because there's people's jobs and there's money involved and a whole bunch of other variables that aren't there in minor hockey but for this kid he still has a problem he still wants to play more. He's not getting the ice time that he wants to get. Right. So we're in talking with him and in talking with the coach of that team, because we're close with the coach on that team too. The coach will say things like, guys will come ask me all the time, why can't I get more ice? Or can I play with these guys? Or I'm not really good in this position you're putting me in. And those, as the coach, those aren't good questions for you to ask the coach because most teams have their guys. They have their offensive players. Not everybody can be offensive. And so in our skill session yesterday, I was working with this one kid on junior player. I was working with him on face-offs because nobody takes pride in face-offs. Nobody takes pride in that. And that's one specific thing that you can be really good at. And at the junior level, winning face-offs is actually really important. So if you can win or be a 60% or more guy on face-offs in junior, which is totally reasonable because most guys don't take face-offs seriously, you might get two or three shifts because... There's a face-off in your D zone that we have to win. Yep. And I know this guy's good at face-offs, so I'm going to well, get him to go. at that level, the coaches are actually looking at those details right. in stats and all that. Exactly, right? So yep. for him, there's one. The defensive side of things, watching guys around your zone or blocking shots or things. At, at the junior level, when kids are young, when they're 16, 17, everybody wants to be the top three on the power play skill guy. So I was saying with this kid, I was like, you have – he actually said to me, I know I'm not going to be – a crazy offensive player. He said that to me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, well he then. never was. And he never was. So, so why like, would you be now? So it's like, so then stop, stop making that your goal. If that's not appropriate for you as a player, that doesn't mean you can never have anything offensive about you, or you'll never be in an offensive situation, or you're totally giving up on being able to shoot and score. And that means none of that. But as your primary role, if you know that about yourself, that you're not, you're not ever going to be at the elite offensive level you can just tell by how you're playing and who you're playing against then that doesn't mean you can't be successful in another role and continue to play and move on and play at higher levels right so for him it was similar to the boy you were talking to it was like okay really take your face off seriously 
and really take the defensive side of your game seriously. Meaning you're finishing your checks, you're blocking your shots. There's three right there. Block a shot, finish a hit, win a faceoff. There's three. Now you're making yourself so much more valuable that if you happen to be in a scratch rotation or you happen to be a guy that gets some ice time and then sets a shift just because you have an extra guy or whatever, some teams are like that. This is something that makes you one of the guys that aren't expendable now. I like having this guy play because he can win a faceoff when we need it. I can't scratch him. I need him I need him in case we get in this situation. My other faceoff guy was just on the ice and he's bagged. I need another guy that can take it. You know, and then now he goes and works on those things and then he can go to his coach and say, Hey, could I get a crack at second power play? I feel like I'm really improving my D zone. Maybe your coach says, I don't think you are. Okay, how do I fix that? Or he says, Yeah, sure, you've been doing well. I'll try to get you on the kill this week, or I'll we'll we'll put you on in practice and see how you do with the system whatever. And this is how you start to solve a problem, right? And that's, there's a minor hockey example. There's a junior level example, two totally different scenarios, but it's the same process of getting something that's actually actionable for you to do to solve your own issue. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I was just having that was talking to another junior player the other day it was the same exact thing. It's like, I, I think I'm better than this guy. I think I'm playing better than this guy. It's the politics, all that stuff. And it's like, and, and, it's just you can't do that. Yeah. Like if you're very serious about this, you can't do that. You can't play the blame game. You can't you can't uh look for the reasons no, that's not the right sense. You can't look for how you're getting screwed. You can't do it. Because when you get in that rabbit hole, it never ends. You absolutely have to find one or two things that you can do better. Now, like you said, face offs. If you're like it doesn't go unnoticed, like at higher levels, it doesn't go unnoticed. You win every face off or 60 70 percent of your face-offs you go get ice if you block shots or get you're defensively sound like you finish hits or your your stick is so active like let's use that you're defensively your stick is so active and you're stealing pucks and transporting the puck up the ice with a pass or chipping it out and you're always keeping your team safe it goes noticed yeah so it doesn't have to be the thundering body checks uh, and that's that goes the same for the guys that are goal scorers, right? It's after you don't score goals, you have to be able to do something else or else you're not valuable anymore. Yeah, and that's, that's what I said to kid we were, the junior kid we were talking to the other night. It was, think about how much less pressure you have as a hockey player now if your job isn't to score the goals. That's a hard job, man. It's a hard job. And it's not it's not something that just everyone can do, but everyone thinks they can do it. You know, everyone just thinks... I'm a goal scorer. If only I got more opportunity, if only I was on the power play, if only I played with this kid or whatever. And it's not the reality. It's hard to score. It's really hard to be a point guy and succeed at the higher levels. Because even if you're a point guy in AAA, that doesn't mean necessarily you're going to be a point guy in junior. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a point guy if you were to go on and play pro or college or whatever. So for this kid, I was saying, I said the same thing to him. I was like, okay, if you're telling me that you don't think you're going to be a super offensive player, like how much better is that for you to know that how much less pressure will it, will it be on you to know like it doesn't matter if i score tonight because my job is these other things and these other things are way i'm not going to say they're easy but they're it's very simple to focus on okay getting a shot line it's very simple to focus on i'm going to win this face off i'm going to make contact with this guy when yeah. i go into the corner those things are much yeah. simpler Stay on the right to do right side of the puck all yeah. the time yeah it's it's very simple to focus on those things versus I have to score tonight. Scoring is hard. It's hard to do, right? So if you have those, these other things that you can focus on, 
you can be an exceptional player. You can be an exceptional player. And people don't see that same value because everyone's like, well, I, I don't know why. Like, I'm a skill guy. I should be playing with our top players. And it's like, yeah, everyone's a skill guy, man. That's what everyone says, you know? So I wanted to I wanted to mention um, something else for the parents. Um, the framework that you laid out there, the pick your three thing, how we talk about that all the time. You just kind of had the whole conversation of what you did with that kid. And as mom and dad, you can do that. But it's important that you do get the feedback from your coach of what they want. Because if you just say what you want, that might not be what the co coach wants. So if the coach is giving your kid ambiguous nothings, general statements, then and you can't pull it out of them no matter what, then hopefully you can develop a, a plan for your kid that kind of specifies that goal. If it's a footwork thing or whatever general thing they say. But trying to be spe as specific as possible is important. The other part I wanted to talk about another kid, I don't really know how I want to go about, about doing this, but how the tendency for parents to like want to go somewhere else because they think it's better if their kid is having an issue. So I know you're, you've been talking with a few people the last few weeks about maybe more than, more than a few yeah, people and more like than a few weeks. Thinking about moving from their team to this team because my team's not good enough or there's this situation or my coach doesn't know how to coach and this place is better and this kind of thing. It kind of ties into when if you feel like your kid is having an issue with the coach or if you feel like your kid is too good for this current circumstance, that, that tendency to want to like jump ship or go somewhere else or whatever, because we see that all the time. So I don't I kind of I have a question somewhere in there. I don't really know what it is, but um, if you want to just start well, talking about okay. that and we'll see. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to uh, yeah, I'll talk about it briefly or maybe longly. <laughs> but. I've got a lot of friends that coach. I, I just, as we were talking about this, I was just thinking about one of my good friends. His name is Scott Rex, and he's now scouts for the LA Kings. Mm -hmm. He's a pro scout. And he used to call me all the time, driving him nuts because he coached in Brantford. And he's a, I'm telling you right now, he's a great coach. He actually came down when I, early, like 2005 or six, came down with my brother and he ran a clinic with me. Like I had a group and I love the guy. He's a great guy. He knows the game inside out. He's the captain of Ohio State. He coached pro. Uh, then he was – here's – I'm just going to use this as an example, okay? So here's a guy because it has nothing to do with me, okay? Here's a guy that was a professional uh, coach. Scouts – he wasn't scouting with L.A. at the time, but he was very well-respected in hockey. Here's a guy that took his time to coach minor hockey in Brantford, an area, and develop kids, Okay? Scott's a hard ass, but he's a really fair hard ass. Like you call it equal fair, fair. He's the like he's me, more or less. Like as far as the hockey goes, um, and uh, and he's just very straightforward. So Eric, you suck today. He he didn't mean Eric. I hate your guts. Yeah. Eric, you suck today. So you're gonna you know he would say it like that. So anyways, he's direct and honest, and he's knowledgeable. So you couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many times he called me and says, uh, so uh, Buckshot here needs to go to Toronto or go to, he wants to go somewhere else and play for someone else. I'm not giving them the release because of the circumstances, right? Like, and, and he'd fight that because he had a principle of like, what are you doing, right? Mm -hmm. But you got mom and dad that think that this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's an idiot. He's not an idiot. Yeah, He's not an idiot. He is an actual the best coach you're probably ever going to have. 
and probably the most honest with your with your son. It's probably going to give you the best feedback you're ever going to get in your life, including junior pro hockey, because he actually not only is coaching you, he actually cares about you. He actually cares until no, I shouldn't say that until. But then when mom and dad cross the line, he's got a little screw you in him. Yeah. Right. But this guy. So that's my point. Is like, why would you leave that to go play for what team? Because someone told you how great you are, or because this team isn't winning enough. So Scotty's teams, just for example, he's always had a few really good players get drafted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like any well, team Bran- around Brantford too. Brantford, yeah. Not it's, Toronto well, well, Okay, yeah. let's okay, but I will say something else about Brantford. Isn't has nothing to do with me. Brantford is not Windsor has nothing to do with me except I know Scotty real well. Got a couple brothers live there. Every year they have a couple really good hockey players get drafted. If they played for the Toronto Marlies, the Detroit Honey Bake or whatever, uh Chicago Mission or whoever, those kids will still get drafted in the exact same spot as they got drafted. And the ones that didn't would not get drafted. It's not going to change. Yeah. So whether you play in Windsor, London, Toronto, Ottawa, Sudbury, Timmins, whatever, if you're that guy you're getting drafted, doesn't matter what team you're on. The thing about Brantford, it's like a really good sample size of what hockey should be. It's it's outside of Toronto. It's a smaller city, but it's not tiny. It's a, it's a city. They're not going to win the Ontario Championship every year. Every Maybe every once in a while they have a shot at it, but probably not. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get some good farm boys, and you're going to get some good city boys, and you're going to get a good mix. And you're going to be, you got to work hard to win. And the good attitude and the more that you gel, the better a team you're going to have. And it's like the best thing. You're not a super team, but just, so that, those, those lessons right there is that you got to work to win. That's good. Not go on and play on a super team where you got, ah, we, we, let's turn it up in the third period. And you know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the bigger picture on this is that I was using Scotty as an example is because. This guy actually cares about your kid, man. Like, I, if I if I could have a coach coach my kid in youth hockey, I would have. For, and Charlie's was awesome, too. But I'm using Scotty right now. Mm-hmm. If he said, uh, yeah, I'm coming to Windsor to coach, I'd be like, I'm wow. Are we the luckiest people around? But people don't look at it that way. Yeah. And they don't look at it that way because they have that skewed vision of what their kid is. Yeah. So you got a guy that actually deeply cares about the 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 – the good of the organization to do right by them. He's got deeply cares about him doing a good job, but more importantly, deeply cares about the kids on your team performing. And like to the point where like, I know for a fact that we've talked, he thinks about these things. You know, how could like, cause I, yeah. as a coach, that's what you do. How do I make this kid better? Yeah. But then mom and dad go in there and they twist it. So it's like, you don't have to, man, you don't have to, you can stay right here and, Deal with the good and deal with the bad. Yeah. The only the only way that I would say that it's acceptable to to leave is to go back to our first point is when does a parent step in? Is when you have a parent, and we've seen this locally where we've had a parent who's told a 12-year-old kid treating him, a guy that never played hockey, I'm not going to use this exact word, but you call him to his face, you're a little wussy mm-hmm. at 12 years old and pick on him for it. It's like, dude. Mm-hmm. Now it's now it's not a safe place for your kid, but that should be brought up by the board and all that stuff. But yeah, anyways, that's that's my point. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that's I know we cuss on that here and there. The people wanting to leave and go to other other places, and it's just it's just really it's so weird to me because if you can have any if you have any sense as a parent and you can zoom out just a little bit, if you look 
forward at all and see where kids get drafted from, who ends up being good players, or any of those things, there's no system that is just way better at producing players if you're if you're talking about actually being hockey players. If you're talking about the most amount of players that get drafted, go to a Toronto team. They'll have the most amount of players that get drafted, but that doesn't mean that those guys end up being players. Right or no, or that those guys even end up being solidified OHL players. No, no not at all. Right. So not in the first all. three rounds, yeah, Oakland or or is it Oakville? Oakville. Oakville or um, Mississauga. Mississauga, or Toronto. Toronto. Or... Sure, they have nine guys that get drafted in the first four rounds or whatever or in the whole draft, whatever it is. Most of them end up being the same as everyone else that got drafted. Where it's like the same the kid that got drafted from Windsor in the fourth round. And the kid that got drafted from Toronto in the fourth round are in the exact same position now, right? So it's like, okay, yeah, but they get more kids drafted, so they get more opportunity. It's like, not really. Not really. Because they get their first year or two where they're going to that team to try out for a camp. But kids that are good enough that play junior anyways, they're going to go get their opportunity at whatever team because they'll get invited yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, And people just don't see that. They don't see later. Yeah. The kids that get drafted would have got drafted. It doesn't yeah. matter where they played. It doesn't well, matter. And we've seen we've seen countless kids, yeah, like in the last few years, move away. I know, and then they and, move and, back. Well, like, no, but but I'm just going to make the one point: is yeah. like, did it change their draft stock at all? Yeah. No. Getting drafted in the eleventh round didn't mean you should move away from your or your house. Yeah. You know what I mean? For you live sure, in Windsor. Man. You go play for, in Toronto. You got drafted in the eleventh round. You didn't need to go move to Toronto. Yeah. It did nothing for you. For sure, man. <laughs> for sure. So. I know. You could have got drafted in the 11th round playing for Windsor. I know. But in fact, if you're an 11th round pick, not to cut up an 11th round pick, but that means you probably shouldn't have moved away because you weren't that good. Yeah, legit. If you're, you're going to play for the Toronto Marlies or something like yeah. that, you're not that good. But what people do, though, because here's just like a counterexample, is they'll look at a guy like um, who's name? like Logan Mayu. There's one, right? Yeah. Logan Mayu, he was from around here, yeah. moved up to Toronto, got drafted, got drafted to the NHL. Well, he went to Toronto. That was a good move. It's like, no, he was actually just huge and he was really good. And he was first round pick in the NHL. Yeah. Like he was really good at hockey. If he would have stayed in Windsor yep. or has played for Sun County or whatever, yep. like Aaron Ekblad played for Sun County all yep. the way up. He didn't yep. have to go to Toronto, but people find their example. Eh? They, oh, yeah. fi- they find the example of the kid that did it. Yep. And then they, they say the circumstances, the reason as opposed to the kid was the reason just because they were good, you know? And so it's, it's, I just want to point that out because a lot of times when kids have problems, I find maybe not, maybe not common, but common enough that it's worth mentioning parents jump to let's go to, from Sun County to Windsor, Windsor to Sun, let's go play for Chatham and let's go to the States, whatever. That well, you comes know what in, happens when people have problems when they're in junior? You get cut or traded. Well, yeah, no, but if you like, it's the first thing. It's the first thing. I've seen it. Years and years of this. You could say you're playing for the Windsor Spitfires. You're not getting nice. Okay, that sucks. What's the first thing you think of? Trade me. Okay. So that's the first question. If you're not getting a lot of ice here, yeah. who wants who you? Who wants you? <laughs> so trade you where? Yeah. And if you go, if you do get traded, does that make it better? Because you haven't done diddly shit yet. A team that's losing, right? If you're on a losing skid and it's like looks like a shit show, what's the first thing people say? Trade me. I want to get traded. I got to get out of here. People don't solve problems, man. That was my point to that. Yeah. People don't. The first thing that people like to look at is how do I get out of here to make it better? But that's not the answer. 
In fact, what do you like? If I'm a scout, if I'm a scout or a team, I want to draft a kid that. I want to draft a kid that, and maybe I do. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just got to be the best hockey player. But at the end of the day, do you, do you want to draft a kid that played on a winning team and a losing one, lost but battled back and made the team better or made, had a good career, or do you want a kid that was on a winning team? started losing and they go well, they're losing let me bail let me bail again and every time something gets tough they leave i mean i want the obviously which one i want yeah it's hard to, but it's hard to go through hard things that's right one way maybe to frame it too is i just thought of this while you were talking it's not about when you're in minor hockey people think it's about the wins it's about the development it's not about the wins so if your kid plays on a shit team but they get to play a lot that's what the scouts care about they don't care about or the teams that are going to draft them or give them a chance at the next level. That's what they care about. They don't care how many times your team won. So if you think, well, I'm going to go to Toronto and play because they're, it's a better team, it's a better coach, it's a better whatever, that doesn't really have a lot to do with your kid and how they develop. That doesn't have a lot to do with that because if you're, as a top kid on a, a small market team, if you're jumping to a Toronto team, you're probably not going to be the best kid on that team. Probably not. So if just it's a numbers game. Yeah, it's a numbers game. So if you go if you go up there and you're not going to get the same amount of ice that you would get on a smaller market team, that's not necessarily good just because you're on a team that wins more, right? Or they're in the finals of every tournament. And teams know that. Scouts know that. Even people that we talk to, they call me, how did this guy play? What did he do? What They never ask, hey, what, did they win? It's like, it doesn't matter. I need to know. I was The game I was at on Sunday, there was three of the scouts that we know that were there watching. It was at 8-1 game. They were there watching. They're not like, oh, this game's over. We're good. We're going to go now. It's like, no, they stayed till 10 minutes left in the third period. They're watching the whole game. The other team's getting smacked because they're watching your kid, how they play. It's not just the team that they're on or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's all I got for that. Um, do you have another thing you want to yeah, go there's to? There's only coach? the one thing about talking to the parents. Yeah. We were saying about parents have to deal with things sometimes. The only thing I want to talk about is like for youth hockey coaches. Yeah. Like, honest to God, man. Honest to God. What I mean, like, I, I, I have to keep myself from getting like angry like if if, what ever makes you think that someone should not play like in youth hockey like here's my here's the things that a couple that maybe are reasonable the kid had a piss poor attitude or was breaking some rules of the team wasn't doing like the little finer details of the game what is poor effort or just taking stupidity penalties and like detrimental to your team then you get then then it's very very reasonable to take ice away, but to build to have a team in youth hockey to play let's say two lines, and like have one or three guys hardly ever playing, then it's it's wrong. It's just pure wrong. So the question is is like are, is it about is it about winning, or is it about developing kids? Because if you're if you're coaching youth hockey and it's all about winning then you should leave because that's not what it's all about. Like, I'm not saying don't try to win. Of course you try to win. But winning is done at higher levels. So if you got a coach that it's all about winning, then either that coach needs to move on and do show how great he is coaching junior or above, or you need to, you know, that guy needs to go. It's just, it's not right. I, I hope that didn't come across wrong. I, I want my, I want, we want to win. We want to play to win. But it's not yeah, all about yeah. winning all and everything about. at all costs. Because then it's all about the coach. It has nothing to do with the kids. Mm-hmm. So that guy will replace any guy in that team if you can get a better player. So that's not 
winning. It's it's not good for youth sports. It's not good for anything. Um, it should be about development. So using an example, and I've done this with a team that I coached, youth hockey, young kid, no good. Kid was no good, but we had 17 guys to pick from. We had to cut one. <laughs> so our 16th, or well, actually our third to 17th, 16th player, no good. But anyways, our last, let's say our worst player. What am I going to do? Sit him at nine years old? No. Yeah. So what do I, what, what do you do? So I gave this kid a role. I said, when you're on the ice, I said, because he didn't have a hockey brain or anything, but he could skate pretty good. So I found a strength. So son, when you're on the ice, the only thing I want you to do you're going to be, I didn't make it like here because you're shitty. It's like, what I want you to do because you're good at So anywhere that puck is. I want you to go as hard as you can at it. And then when you get it, just yeah, do whatever you want, but like get it up the ice. Like just go hard every time there's a puck. You know what, he, you know what happened? He became very good at it. Yeah. And he had a role that he would just hound dog a puck all over the place. The one guy. Mm-hmm. Penalty kill, power play, you know, icing <laughs> inappropriately, whatever. Yeah. He'd be all over the, guess what happened? He felt pretty good about it. And, uh, he, we ended up putting him on a lot of penalty kills because he did it really well. So I took a kid that shouldn't have been on our team, and he was okay. Made it, it, made it was it. better for your team. It's not like he, and it actually turned yeah. out good for the team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not that he costed you, right? Yeah. So as a coach, you pick them, man. Yeah, you picked your team. Don't ever sit there and say, "Yeah, but they're shit. He can't play." You picked them. Yeah. If you can't give them a regular shift, all within reason, dude. Yeah. But if you can't give him a regular shift, you shouldn't have picked him. So now it's your job to develop him. And I don't care if you think he's the worst player in the history of the world. We've all had them. Find something that he's good at. There's there's something. Give him one task to do very, very well. He'll do it. And then when he does something, tell him he did a good job if he did it even half-assed. Mm-hmm. Tell him he did a good job, keep doing it, and that kid will have confidence. And it goes back to what I said um, earlier about I don't think people understand they don't. Very, very easy for a, for a dad to say, well, just don't play him or a coach that never has a kid or never been in a... See, the problem is if you've never played the game and had your heart broken or you haven't had your heart ripped right out of your, your chest, you don't understand the emotions that you actually have. But when, when a kid wants to be on a team and wants to play, especially in youth hockey, when you shit on a player early, you're actually ripping you're ripping his heart out. You're taking his confidence right out of everything. You're making him feel like absolute shit. For what? Mm-hmm. You there's ways that you can handle this kid. You can actually give him a task. So when you if you've if you're sat on a bench, man, and your coach overlooks you every single time or doesn't pay any attention to you, the kid, a kid, man, that just wants to play hockey is sitting there and you know what they're doing? Like and I know this sounds because I did it at sixteen. So when I was playing the OHL my first year, it was game two. Game one, I played a lot against the Windsor Spitfires. My first game, I had a point, two points. Played, I was playing great, and I figured, okay, this league's not too bad. Next day, it was against either Guelph or Hamilton. It was, yeah, Guelph at home. So I'm ready to go, and it's second period, and I hadn't had one shift yet. I chose this, by the way, right? But what do you think I was doing on the bench? Cheering my team? Yeah, crying. <laughs> I was crying. Yeah. I yeah. was crying. Like every other kid would. Because I cared, but I didn't cry like like yeah. <laughs> like blubbering. Yeah, I was I was on the bench literally like this, you know. What's going on? Right. What is going on? Why am I not playing? Like, and you know, you do the look at the coach thing. Like, did you forget about me? Like, what? And I was heartbroken. 
I never sat a, a shift in my life, but I'm heartbroken. And then you go home at night and you're going, what the heck? I just didn't know. Right. I learned later that, That's you know, you're no good at 16, yeah. Yeah. right? But I didn't know. I didn't have a foundation. I didn't have someone like this saying, this is what's going to happen. So I went in there thinking I was a, like one of the best players in the world to not playing. What happened? Like, I didn't know, but that's what happened to me. And I'm no different than anybody else. And when that happens and it happens again, or you do something well, and the coach says, yeah, good job. And then good job means keep sitting. It's like, huh? Yeah. Like, I can't do anything right. It beats you down. But my distinction here is that I chose this now. I had my school paid for. I was trying to be a National Hockey League player. I was playing in the league that I dreamed about playing. It's a professional league, right? So I chose this. Do you want to stay or not? Right? But when a kid's playing midget, Bantam, Peewee, Adam, U60, whatever you call these freaking things now, they don't, they don't, you don't have the right to break their heart and tear their heart out of them and, and make them go home and feel like they're a piece of shit. You don't have that right, coach. You have zero right doing that. You have to find a way to make it work. So any of you th- that think that, well, not good enough, you're just going to have to suck it up. No, no, you're not that tough. I'll t- t- you know what I mean? You're not that tough. They're a tough guy. Stop it. Yeah. They're kids. And it's worse than that, too, because it spills into other parts of their life. Like, you do that to a kid, you think it's just about the hockey. It's like that kid goes to school with his buddies that all got to play on the weekend and feels like shit for the whole day at school. Or he's embarrassed or humiliated or whatever because of something you said to him or something that you didn't do or not paying attention or whatever it is. Like, it spills into other parts of their It actually affects their development in other parts of their life. It's not just their hockey you know, yeah. so you're in a very and and the thing is, it's just unnecessary, right? Like I don't, I I have no problem. Like you know, we talked about this. My brother asked me a question this morning. Ray J, crazy bastard, Scott Rex's buddy. Yeah, he asked me a question this morning. He goes, "Can I ask you a question? I'm being serious." He goes, yeah, no. Yeah. So I said, "Yeah, for sure." He goes, "If you had to do it with Charlie all over again, would you do anything different?" And it took me three quarters of a second, and I said, "Absolutely not. Not one thing." Um, so don't let me forget this. Okay. It's about the, uh, shit sandwich. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just remind, remind me of that. So like, and I think all parents are relatively the same, but I said, I, I was excited when my son was born or getting, getting born or birth. What do you call <laughs> My wife was pregnant for him. Okay. I was excited. I was mo- probably most excited <laughs> dad in the world. Probably not, but yeah. I thought so. Couldn't wait for my son to be born. Okay. Talked to him in the belly. He'd kick. I'd, I'd just be like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. My boy. Because I knew it was a boy. Couldn't yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> so when he came out, all I did was I, I, I loved him, kissed him, and he did everything with me. Right? I didn't choose for him to be a hockey player. That's not a choice. I was telling my brother that. I, he, he, by default, he would ask me, can I, can I go skating? Because he saw my life, right? Mm-hmm. I go, well, you want to play in the leaves, little guy? Because I didn't feel like freaking skating. Can we go skating, Daddy? Yeah, we'll go skating. So we go skating, and we grew up in this place, and... Every day it was about, can I play hockey? Can I play hockey? Can I play hockey? And then he wanted to be a hockey player. Not, I had nothing to do with it, man, like except for the environment. And uh, he wanted to play in the OHL. That's what he wanted to do. He grew up with it, and that's what he wanted to do. He's living his dream right now, and, and, and you know he's got bigger dreams, but he's living his dream right now. Happiest kid in the world. He was just saying the other day, playing for the Guelph Storm, playing the OHL, it's uh, the actual games in the hockey is the bonus. He goes, it's the best life in the whole world. So that's the good part. Okay. 
So would I change that for anything? Not a chance. Not the way I raised him. Nothing. Nothing. I love the way he is as a human. It's great. So the sa- the other side of it is, as what I told my brother, I said, even the shit sandwiches, because the shit sandwiches that he's going that he's gone through and will always continue to go through in this crazy hockey world, hard life that it is. Um, it's it teaches him character. It teaches him so many things. And like when he even when he outperformed someone last year, but didn't get to play, he had to mentally go, what the what the hell? What do I have to do? But he worked through it. My point to that is that he's made that decision now. I don't mind the shit sandwich. It's good for him. But if the shit sandwiches came three years ago when he was playing youth hockey, no good. No good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. So awesome, man. That's that. um, I don't want to ruin that nice little monologue you finished on. So yeah. I think we're going to shut her down there because that was nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to leave it there. Any follow up parents? 